2: With every monthly bill, like rent and car payments, you know exactly what you're getting when you pay for it. But health insurance plans feel like the total opposite. They're confusing and expensive. Then when you actually have to use your benefits, there are deductibles, claims, processes, and other red tape to deal with. But CrowdHealth puts you back in control of your health care. CrowdHealth is simple, transparent, and affordable. As a member, you'll get a personal care advocate who is with you every step of the way to help navigate the complexities of health events. They'll even negotiate bills on your behalf and could save you thousands of dollars in the process. Plus, you'll get access to thousands of other members who are ready to help pay for large health expenses. Experience healthcare freedom with CrowdHealth. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. That's joincrowdhealth.com, code HEALTH. Crowd Health is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Terms and conditions may apply.
3: Ooh, nice piece. I did ask, they sent me they sent me this with a with a JD nine on it.
4: Nice. Jermaine has very very kindly agreed to donate uh, a pair of boots to a lucky winner. Now the grounds for this is that this video needs to get a thousand likes on YouTube.
3: These are the new X's added us.
4: Subscribe, like the video, leave a comment, and we're going to be picking someone at random who is going to get some signed memorabilia from Jermaine Defoe.
3: I went to the hospital I saw him and I remember one of the first pictures that I think everyone saw at the hospital was like me sort of like in the bed with him and literally I was sitting on the side and he was like no 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 can you get in the bed he put the cover over me like he just wanted a cuddle." it was unbelievable when you play at iBots you have to win and you have to win your style that's the pressure and that's the sort of pressure that I wanted at the back end of my career and the second spell for me so it's that 2010 season that was the best football I've ever played as soon as Daniel said to me about the money I'm going <laughs> 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 what if said that and he said he said you know what JD he said, like, you've been unbelievable here. But I always wanted to pay for England, so I didn't want to be one, I didn't want to turn around and be like, you know what, I'm just going to retire in international football because at the end of the day, it's one of those ones, managers come and go. But when I look at the lack of black managers and coaches, I'm not just talking about black managers and black coaches, I'm talking about black people in general, in football, in a football environment. Of course you think, wow, man, at some point something has to change.
4: Hello, listeners, and welcome back to yet again another episode of the Beautiful Game podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Budge joined by my faithful two co-conspirators, Dot and Dej. Jen, how are we this fine evening? I'm good, man. I can't stop smiling, man. Big up
5: to me. <laughs> taking time for coming to
4: come onto the team. Hundred percent, man. How about you, Dej?
6: Um, cool, bro. This one. Ah, oh, I've been waiting, waiting, waiting. <laughs> yeah, it's man. the Bagsman. Oh, yeah, Mr.
4: <laughs> of course, of course, we're gonna get it cracking. But we've got to give this man his accolades because we about top strikers, top marksmen, and like you said, there, uh, Bagsman. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you don't need to look any further than this. Than this gentleman that we were joined on the podcast with. This in in, uh, in April of two thousand and eleven. He became the 20th player to score 100 Premier League goals. He's currently the eighth highest goal scorer in Premier League history, as well as the uh, sixth highest goal scorer in Tottenham's history. He, um, throughout his career, has been both a certified starter and a super sub at the same time. He uh, holds the Premier League record for the most uh, goals scored as a, a substitute. He's been capped 57 times by England and scored uh, uh, twice. You know, when, when, when children are, are born and they're, they're taking their first steps, you know, some, 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 some children's first word is is daddy. <laughs> his word is mummy. But his first word was <laughs> net. net. <laughs> all he's known. From, 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 from an infant until now, all he's known is the net, right? The net. And so with, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen... We welcome Jermaine Defoe to the platform. Welcome, oh, welcome, welcome, welcome.
6: welcome. MBE as well, boys. Don't forget oh, that. Oh, <laughs> Forgive
4: me, forgive me. OBE, forgive me, forgive me. Look, Jermaine, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on, man. The moment that we we, we um put it out on that yes. you were uh, you were gonna come on that little uh, promo video, it started doing a rounds, man. Um, actually, wow. we were we were inundated with questions. So I want to put it out there already now early doors, we could basically do this whole interview just with listeners' questions. Wow. Uh, Fortunately, we're not going to be able to answer or, or, or ask Jermaine every single one of the questions, so I just want to apologize in advance, um, but we're going to try and get through as many of the listener questions as possible. Before we get into it, also, I need to remind all of you, if you're not yet subscribed to our YouTube, it's the Beautiful Game podcast, and you can also listen to all of our audio interviews on Spotify. So... Let's let's begin. Put
3: his charger in, so they say, Yeah, let's go.
5: Yeah, so obviously to kick things off, um, little Bradley Lowry, who was three years yesterday, and I saw you tweet. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. why did you bond with him so much and why was that connection so important for you?
3: Do you know what it was? The way it started was so basically when I was at Sunderland. It was just like a mascot so it was just like a it was just like a normal thing it was a mascot the girl louise who was like the press officer at the time she basically come up to me and said ah oh, this young kid like he loves you um she explained what the problem was What like he obviously wasn't well and stuff like that and she just basically said do you mind though, just walking him out onto the pitch and stuff like that you're his favorite player i said yeah no problem and then like I, literally i was in the room before the game and i had the little kid running around the change room i thought like i can't be bradley because the way that she described him, like, um, I thought he was sort of like, would have been really quiet and like, sort of like, you know what kids are like, sometimes they go on like, they're shy and stuff like yeah, that. He yeah. <laughs> just, just ran over to me. He jumped on my lap and he just started talking and that. And I was like, wow, just energy, energy and stuff like that. And then after that, you know, I spoke to Louise and I said, what's actually going on? And I, I want to speak to the parents and stuff like that. I spoke to the parents and, you know, I went to the hospital. I saw him and I remember one of the first pictures that, I think everyone saw at the hospital was like me sort of like in the bed with him. And literally I was sitting on the side and he was like, no, no, no. Can you get in the bed? He put the cover over me. Like he just wanted a cuddle. It was unbelievable. And then after that, literally I just spent so much time with him. Um And obviously towards the end it was, it was difficult because it's sort of like the cancer that he had. It was, it was obviously palliative care. There was nothing they can do just for as long as possible. And when you've got a child of five, six, you know, suffering like that, it's, it's, it's hard to sort of like be around it. But at the same time you have to try and be positive and try and put a smile on his face. And that's what I try to do.
6: Yeah, I mean, that was a relationship that gripped the nation, you know, because most people see footballers as inaccessible, you know, and you just connected straight away. And I think everyone sort of, you know, grew a newfound respect for you. You know, they thought, you know what, this is a man that's going above and beyond the call of duty, you know, to provide care for someone in need. And it showed
3: compassionate, humane and empathy. Yeah, exactly, because it's one of those ones where people, like you said, a lot of times with footballers... Um get stereotypes people just see the negative um and not actually understanding that at the end of the day like a lot of us come from working class backgrounds do you know what i mean like and with the bradley thing it was one of those ones where when i was going to the hospital seeing him or going to the house like his mum would just post it on in, uh, on facebook and it would just go right it would just go crazy and then it would end up in the papers and stuff like that and people want to talk to me and i thought you know what i'm not doing it for this reason like I just go, even if I go to the house for like an hour, just to try and put a smile on his face and stuff like that. That's all I wanted to do, really. And and I know I I got a lot from that as well, how it made me feel. Um, and uh, but yeah, I've, just, I've, I've got amazing memories, amazing memories, you know, of, of Bradley.
4: You know what, Jermaine, you you mentioned uh, in 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 terms of your relationship with Bradley that part of the reason why you you developed such a strong bond with him was because of the fact that, like he he changed you as a person in terms of what he was going through at such a young age.
7: Yeah.
4: And what I wanted to ask is the fact that your, your foundation works to help disadvantaged people yeah. you before you met Bradley, right? So this is something that you've been very much involved in and something that's been dear to your heart for a long time. Yeah. So what was it prior to you meeting Bradley, which of course, like you mentioned was a life changing experience but yeah. what was it prior to that, that made you,
3: Want to set up the charity and, and and help those 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 disadvantaged children. So basically, how it started was so it was it was in 2010. It was after the World Cup when I came back. I remember there was, there was a hurricane in Saint Lucia because remember when I learned, when I launched them, it was probably mainly in Saint Lucia because obviously there was a hurricane and mm. in Saint Lucia there was only one recognised children's home, which was tiny. And I remember going there because we used to I used to support the children's home. Me and my family. So what I used to do is every Christmas we would say, you know the big barrels them big blue barrels and that. So we would send the things that they needed like that you can't get over there. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, paracetamol was like nappies, mm. like that, sweets, whatever the kids needed Christmas, we used to send it in barrels. So we was always supporting the children's home anyway. Then obviously when they had the hurricane, uh, loads of the schools got destroyed, the, 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 the home. So what we decided to do is launch the foundation and try and do some gala dinners and try and raise funds. To try and build another children's home, a bigger children's home for obviously the the abused and disadvantaged kids on the island, and then we just expanded really, and then obviously we brought that over here, helping the sick, cancer patients, and, and stuff like that, the, the kids and stuff like that. And, it's, and to, be, to be honest, it's been it's, it's been amazing. We've we've managed to build a children's home in St Lucia. Um, you have got to go there and see it. Amazing island. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's been good. So this was when I did all this. This was two thousand well before I ever met Bradley. To be honest. Yeah. So,
5: um, in January, you signed a you pre-contract agreement to join Rangers and permanently um, you're now piling your trade in the SPL, um, working under a living legend, Steven Gerrard um, and his support team, Gary Maka and Mick Bill. How is that dynamic?
3: Do you know what? It's good, you know. At first, it was a little bit like, obviously, you can imagine a banter, when it? To like, oh, <coughs> Jay- He's best at like, played together and that sort of stuff. <laughs> 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 Stevie's just like, I mean, he was the same as a player. I remember as in England captain, it wasn't one of those ones. It wasn't one of those players who would like, scream and shout in the dressing room. Because you know, sometimes you get, you get a lot of players that would do that. And then you go out on a pitch, you don't see them. He wasn't one of those ones who'd be screaming and shouting. He'd be like, cool and just composed. Do you know what I'm saying, like, like at times you probably think he looks serious and like something's wrong with him, but he's just cool, composed. If there's something that needs to be said, he will say. It. He's not afraid to say. It. He will say. He will let people know. Like he will let people know. And, and that. but come match day, mate, he's 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 ready. And he's the same as a player. Calm in the change rooms. He, he get out on the pitch and he's an animal. Same as same as a manager. Steve is chilled. Do you know what I mean? He, he doesn't. He, he's one of those managers as well. Obviously because he's still a young manager. Like um, he doesn't with me. He doesn't complicate anything. Do you know what I mean? JD, manage yourself. You know what you need, but just make sure you're ready for Saturday. And every time he wants me to play, like he managed me in the right way. So every time I play, he can get the best version of Jermaine Defoe. So I'm fresh. I'm ready to go. So it's good, man.
5: Jermaine, what did he say when, when Liverpool won the league? Was he going mad?
3: He said, J.D., he said he, said he, was, uh, he, said he was up at 6.30. <laughs> he was getting up for work and that, and his friends were literally getting in.
7: Wow, his friends were crazy gay.
3: celebrations, <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 of it's course, a special time for the football club and that. But he just said it was meant like his fam, family, his friends, it was just went mad. His phone was going crazy, like you can imagine.
6: Yeah, we're Liverpool fans, and I can tell you that me and Dot were waiting until seven in the morning as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jermaine, moving on to the um season, it's been like a season of two halves, I would say, up until January. I would say you were doing very, very well. The winter break started when you obviously beat Celtic at Celtic Park. And obviously we spoke to Mick Bill on the platform. Then post-January, it sort of took like a downturn. There was a few strange results, obviously losing away at Hearts. And I remember Steven Gerrard coming out after that game at Hearts. And he was sort of questioning whether he was the correct man to lead this team forward. Yeah. How did Steven Gerrard sort of manage that situation? And you as players, how did you feel? Did you feel we need to rise to the occasion?
3: Or were you thinking, hmm, what's going on here? No, do you know what it is? I think I think naturally, you know, like sometimes as a player, and it must be the same as a manager, when you've had a bad game, you start to question things. Remember, you get all different characters. You start to question, you know what? Because you know if you've, if, 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 if you've had a good, a good game or not, you start to question things. And I think it must be the same as a manager. Because remember, the game finishes, and then bang, you straight into the press emotions are high like you're pissed off so he probably thought you know what that's how he felt at that moment and that's that's an honest man do you know what i'm saying so but after that when he came in the next day everything's back to normal let's go again because remember we're talking about someone that's he's a fighter because when Mm. you look i don't know if anyone watched his documentary Mm. that the pressure that was on that man for all those years people don't realize and uh and to fight all the way through it and to achieve what he achieved, I think, you know, that's that's, that's, that's a fight, and, and that's, that's what we did, and as we played, we just thought, you know what, we had a few bad results, because like you said, the first part of the season, like, personally, I'm thinking, no one's stopping us, if we're playing like this, putting in these performances, and not just the, the the 11, the squad, like, do you know what I mean, everyone that even came into the team, it was like, there was times when, I weren't playing, but I thought, you know what, I know the team's going to win, like, do you know what I mean, so it was one of those ones, where everyone was confident, and I thought, you know what? No one's gonna stop us. And then obviously we had the winter break and that. And I think it's a mixture of things. We came back from the winter break, a few players out of form, like which is normal in football. Um you get ups and downs, uh, a few injuries. I remember I got my injury out, I missed out for six weeks, you know. Um, and then you get like your key players who were sort of so a little bit low on confidence and stuff like that. Um so it was, it was it was it was difficult, but we still stuck to we still stuck together. We still stuck together and thought, right, we just keep going, we keep going and, and, and then and see what happens and that because when you look when I sit there and I look at the, the players, sometimes I sit there and I look at the squad that we've got. There's some unbelievable talent in that dressing room. Like literally there's some unbelievable talent in that dressing room and that we just need to believe that we can do it this year and then and, 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 and then see what happens and learn from our mistakes.
6: Yeah, you mentioned players going out of form and I'm gonna mention one, El Buffalo you know morelos yeah he's, like, he's a player i'm fascinated by like i always watch the games and think this is a player like he can go to the very very top and yeah. you're the elder statesman in that dressing room yeah. how have you been like managing him because it seems like sometimes mentally he might not be switched off are you in the position where sort of like you manage him and say come on alfredo like if you want to get to that level if you want to play in the top teams in europe or the prem you got to do this you got to do it this way. You can't be,
3: you know, letting your mentality let you down. Yeah, because like you said, the higher up you go, the more difficult. Like in terms of like the football side of it, the higher up you go, you have to be switched on in the game. You can't get frustrated in that because, I mean, we we talk about the the, the Premier League and international football. Sometimes in games and that you you, you might only get one decent chance in a game. And you've got to take it. You have to be ruthless and stuff like that. So, um, but do you know what? It's difficult. It's 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 difficult from that time. I like thought surfing because. Remember, this is a kid that's come from Colombia, sometimes he's at home on his own, his English isn't the best, um, and he probably misses his family, um, and suppose the, 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 I suppose the only time he can sort of like sit on a football pitch, but then he gets frustrated, you know what I mean? He gets frustrated and stuff like that, but it's, I think it's, a, it's deeper than just him going on a pitch and wanting to fight everyone, it's deeper than that. It's, it's, Sometimes it's difficult for him because he's just he's, he's on his own. Do you know what I mean it's hard? So
6: what do you advise him? Do you speak to him and say, "Listen, like I've, yeah. I've obviously played at the top level, you know, for Tottenham, Champions League.
3: Yeah. If you
6: want to do this, you got to cut this out of your
3: game. You have got to eradicate it if you want to get to that level." We'll try and help him to be honest. we'll try and help him, try and talk to him, and um, and I think what what I try and do as well just just be an example because sometimes I, I feel like when you're when. when if you're poor, like, sometimes that's better than even talking to someone so he can, he can see. So when I remember when I first got mm-hmm. club, and um, I think he got suspended, and He missed six games. We won all six games. Right. So I think he sat there and probably thought, you know what? I can't be missing games with him because if I'm missing games and the team are winning, I'm not going to get back in the team. So that, so he came back last season and I saw a little change in him. His game improved the first part of the season. He's scoring goals consistently in Europe he was on fire. A lot of people were talking about him. I thought, you know what? He's not getting involved in the other side of things. I thought, you know what? That's what cool. I can see in him. So, in that sense, well, I, think, well, I think I I think, think he has changed. Since I've been there, he's, he's changed a lot. Because before, he was just sort of like... He would just lose his head. He would just lose his head too quick and that. And i say, Buffs, just stay calm. Just focus on goals. You know what I mean? So... How good do you think he can he can he can be, Jermaine? Like,
4: what kind of level do you think he could he could potentially reach if he dedicated and committed?
3: Yeah, it's, it's to be fair, it's up to him really. I mean, it's it's up to him because, like you said, and that like he scores a lot of goals up here. He scores a lot of goals um, consistently. Um, he gets himself in good areas, and he's hungry to score goals. He's got an appetite which I like, and I think my thing you have to. Sort of like Because the thing that probably goes against him Is, is the reputation mm. You know like You would like to think that people would take a chance for him Is the reputation and that Because at the end of the day You don't want to sort of like Get a player in that's sort of like a hothead And, and he's getting set off for missing games When you're investing so much money into this play. Do you know what I mean? So, but I think, it's, I think it's up to him If he can just sort of like get his head down This season Kick on again um, Not get involved And let people see that you've changed um, Because the football side of it's fine uh, It's just the other side
6: yeah, there was a recent, you know, kit promotion and he was missing, he was absent. So obviously a lot of Rangers fans are speculating, thinking, you know what, he might be off, you know, yeah. in the transfer window. From being in and around that situation, do you think he's going to still be at the club when the transfer window you
3: know what, it's magical because you see as players, it's one of those ones where as players, you never know what's going on with players because a lot of times I've been there myself where I know something's going on in the background and I've got a chance of leaving. But then, but then you can't really say anything to anyone. Do you know what I mean until it's actually done? Even your closest friends at the train at training, you might say it to one person, but even people in and around the training band, you can't. You you don't want it to get out and that. So you, as players, you don't really get involved in all that. And and to be honest, I don't think. Obviously you'd have a little bit of banter and stuff like that. you see, speculation. circulation, it'd be like, What? I like like when uh, Kamara I saw the Arsenal thing. I said, What you gonna arsenal Glenn? But I'm not gonna be like, Oh, what's going on? Has your agent spoke to them? Blah blah blah. It's not my place to do that. Do you know what I mean? Of if, course. Yeah, I always feel that if you if you got, if you want to tell me something, you'll come to me and tell me. So. Mm. so hopefully so we don't we don't even we don't really know what's what's going on. And remember football as well, sometimes as play, you might think you are staying somewhere. And all of a sudden, it's a phone call. Bang! You go in the next day. Oh, we've accepted a bit. It just happens so quick and forward. It's crazy. Mental. Do you know
4: what, I'll oh, back to one of the points that you made. You uh, you raised earlier when you were talking about um, your relationship oh. with, uh, with with Stevie G and and you know how he manages you and whatnot. Mm. Um, and I, re- I remember reading uh, an article uh, a little while back when you were talking about. Um, prolonging your career, of course you're you're like a, a Peter Pan, <laughs> as a, the guy doesn't age. Um, but you, but you you spoke about um, uh, changing your diet and, and going vegan, and I can imagine how. I mean that must have been difficult, of course, coming from an Afro Caribbean heritage. You know how, how Dirt, chicken mac and cheese is is is, uh, <laughs> is, is in a diet and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but aside from that what other things have you had to do in terms of adaptation to prolong your career? Like, have you, have you had to tailor your training approach and, and work on different things, even in-game, um,
3: to, to, to help prolong your career? Do you know what it is? You see, like, when people think, people look at it, the people that are closest to me and play with me, they they would tell you what I'm like and that, but you know, like, people probably think, ah, oh, so he's got to a certain age and he's probably doing something different. You know what it is? You see what, the, the reason why I'm still playing now is because the things I was doing 10 years ago. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like when I say mm-hmm. young players now, you don't get to a certain age and be like, oh, you know what, like a light switch. Okay, let me just switch this on now. Let me just try and do this and, and do this and do this. I was doing stuff from years ago, from my Tottenham days in, in the gym, like doing stuff, you know, doing things that you probably don't even like doing, but doing it like you love it. No mm-hmm. I was doing things that players didn't want to do. When I see certain man finishing training and they're in their cars going home, I'm still there in the gym. I'm still, I, I'm still <laughs> outside doing my finishing. Yeah. I'm injury prevention, power work to to be explosive so my muscles are strong. I'm doing this early 20s. I was doing this. And then I had a fitness guy, a fitness coach called Tibbers. He used to be in the South of France. Mm. And um, it's the hardest training I've ever done in my life. I used to go and see Tibbers for like, I say 10 days every summer before pre season. Mm. And then uh, one day he said to me, he said, I'm going to put another, he said, I'll put work with me, trust me. He said, I'll put another five, six years on your career. I was thinking, Ruh. I said, it don't feel like this. This work I'm doing, it don't feel like it. like I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I trusted him. Do you know what I'm saying? Cause I, cause, so I just thought, you know what? I'm going to trust you in that because when I used to work with him, when I used to go pre season, like from the first day, I was ready to go. I was ready. I felt mm. strong. And all the things that he taught me, I still remember to this day. And um, so I was doing things years ago, like in terms of like the, the stuff I do in the gym, like um, the way the way I eat, like hydration. Like yeah, people wanna go out. Gone out. Like I mean, when I was young at Tottenham, the boys wanna go out. Let's go out. Do you wanna drink? No. Well, like, you don't wanna drink? Jay? No. I'm driving. There's no, my keys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right, I enjoy myself. Have a little Red Bull. And I keep me awake and I go home. <laughs> <laughs> I never, 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 never ever. one of those footballers come at like, nightclub drunken like. Because at the end of the day, yeah, we got. We might. This might be on a Saturday. Then the, the game. There's no midweek game. But there's a game the following, so it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, I need to be on it in training every day to be ready for the Saturday. Because come Saturday, I'm having a bad game. No one's no one's gonna be turning around and make it no one's gonna be like, oh yeah, he had a bad game because oh, he went out with a but Nah. Do you know what I mean? This for me, mm. I excuses. I didn't wanna I didn't wanna sit there and be like, oh, the reason I had a bad game is because I did this and I did this and I did this. I'd rather sit there and be like, you know what? Yeah, I played good today because this is what I've done For the week and that. So I know I was gonna play good sort of thing. So I never I never got involved in all of that.
5: Yeah, and we um, actually spoke to Mick Bill and he said you're one of the most dedicated professionals he's ever seen. But speaking of Mick Bill, I just wanted to dial into him a bit. Um, How important is he in that setup? Because obviously he has a great connection with young players. And we've seen Joe Aribo, Ryan Kent, you know, all take to the SPL like Dr. Waters. How important is he behind the scenes? Because, you know, people are quick to Pat Stephen Gerrard on the back, but
3: how important is he? Oh, massive, massive. And you know what? He's really impressed me, you know? Like, um, and I, I'm not even saying this because he would probably, he'd probably listen to this, but he's impressed <laughs> <laughs> me in a big way because I remember, like, um, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I sat down and I spoke to Stevie before I signed, I come to Rangers and stuff, he said to me, JD, like, you might know Mick Bill. I said, yeah, Mick, I remember a of Mick in that. He said, he is proper. <laughs> trust me, he's proper. And the way I see it is, in terms of tactics, and stuff like that, he he is up there. When I talk about that, the coaches and that, Like I've worked for some top managers and, and top coaches and stuff like that, but Mick is definitely up there. And he's so like, um, you know, just his, his, his attention to detail and how he sort of like put, puts his points across for people to sort of like understand. Because um, there's times, there's, there's times when I first got there, because remember, it's a different way of playing and stuff like that, play different systems, all that sort of stuff and that. And I was just, I thought to myself, wow. Because I remember when, uh, like I met. Alfredo got like a uh, when he was suspended, right? So, Mick come to me and said, JD, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tweak the system to, uh, to, so it's better for you. So, I thought, okay, what are you going to do? So, what are, you, what are you doing? Instead of playing, so if you play like a 4 three, three, let's say, yeah, and the wingers out wide and they're just, he said, no, nah, what I'm going to do, I'm going to bring two number 10s in the middle so they're close to you. So, if it's close to you, so you know I mean, so, yeah. so, so, so you stay high, make your runs and stuff like that, but you don't, you're not fighting against people. So, the two number 10, not just one, there's two number 10s that are close to you. So, it's easy for you. We did that. We've, we've not looked back It's unbelievable But the fact that he had that idea And he did that It's, it's genius man But I could I could talk about Mick all day I can show you some of the sessions That we do But everything we do Relates to how we're going to play On a weekend mm-hmm. I mean, and, and if you look at A lot of our players A lot of our players That have, that have improved And gone to and For instance Like a Joe Rebo Because remember Sometimes you come up here And people they, they say things like Well you played in England You played in the Premier League Or for Joe Like you played for Trump Blah 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 you might go to Scotland and it might be a little bit easier for you, but sometimes it doesn't matter. Like what league you go, like you have to settle in, you know, it's a different league, you're playing with different players. But the fact that, the, the, how much I've seen Joe Eribo improve already in a short space of time, um, amazing, man. That makes proper.
6: Yeah, so final one on your spell in Scotland, how would you rate the standard? Because obviously in the league, some people are quick to besmirch it and, you know, almost laugh at it and say, oh, it's too easy. But we've spoken to a lot of coaches, you know, Greg Patterson, Mick yeah, Bill, yeah. Stephen Reeves come on the platform and sort of said, yeah, that it's a decent standard. So how would you rate it?
3: Because you've played at the very top table. Yeah, and it's one of those ones where you see people that, you see people that say stuff like that. They're not football people because for me, I always think that. They're not football people. <laughs> I, always, I always think that. Like, for you to turn around and be like, oh, it's, it's, you, a lot of times, see, sometimes, for instance, if I played a game and that, and I, like, for me, you got to make it, It's hard. Make it look easy. It's Mm. not. You can't just. You can't just turn up and just be like, oh yeah. I just turn up and that. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna prepare myself how I used to prepare myself because I've come to Scotland. I'm not gonna do this what I used to do. Nah. You have to make. It's not. It's 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 a football match. Eleven v eleven. Yeah. Up here, everyone wants to beat Rangers. So remember, when you play for Rangers, every team you play against, you're getting the best version of every player. Do you know what I mean the weekend before? You might have watched. You might have watched highlights of them. Forget that. I don't want to play. If I like, forget about. Forget what you see on the screen. But if they play against someone else, when they play against Rangers, they're bringing it because everyone wants to beat Rangers. The players, the players that are playing against us, probably want to play for Rangers. So they want to. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying that. So you're getting. So the games are tough. They come to Ibrox. They make it difficult for us to break down. Go block, frustrate us. If they get a 0-0 for them, they've won the game. Do you know what I mean the ref? The ref, I, A lot of the times, even with the referees, and that sometimes think, "Are you against us as well?" Sort of thing. So, that the mentality we've got is everyone's against us. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But, but it's one of those ones where we believe that. Well, the demands when you play at eyeballs, you have to win, and you have to win in style. That's the pressure, and that's the sort of pressure that I wanted at the back end of my career. Like yeah, to winning games, knowing that every time I go out uh, on a Saturday afternoon or a midweek, and that you have to bring it because at the end of the day, it's a massive football club. And you have to bring trophies. It's, 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 it's pressure. Ahead
6: of the new season, obviously you're back in pre-season, training hard. What's the feeling in the camp? Because obviously you've lost the league you know, to Celtic last season. Yeah. Do you think you know, this season
3: you can go one step further and actually win the title? Yeah, I think it's a massive season for everyone. I think the, the, input, the, the good thing is everyone knows how big it is. And, and I can sense that like in training and the, and the pre-season and how hard everyone's working, everyone's putting it in. Trying to tick every box uh, You know, with the coaches the Gaffer You know, Mick You know, Gary Mac. We've, we've, we've had loads of meetings And videos and stuff like that You know, we've highlighted the, the things that we did last season Where we, you know Where we could improve Where we went wrong You know, not wanting to make The same mistakes that we made Last season The second part of the season And like I mentioned before I look around at the dressing room And I think, you know what We can go all the way We can go all the way And compete in Europe as well And compete in Europe I don't know if you spoke to Mick About even like You talk about you know people' we talk about stats and stuff like that and 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 how football's moved on it's all about keeping the ball and the possession and all that sort of stuff showing your quality i mean in Europe, if you look at the stats and that i think if anything i think we're up there I think we're number one in in terms of stats with you know keeping the ball and stuff yeah. that quality so the players need to take a lot from that and this is in this is in Europe playing against the top teams at like the Portos and so we just need to bring that in the in the, in the league and 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 see what happens that but it's a massive season for us.
5: So we want to move on, you know, to your embryonic stages of your career. Um, obviously, um, we're all aware that you kicked off at SEMRAB. Um, before we go into West Ham, yeah.
7: we had a listener's yeah.
5: question from um, at Johnny Brick. And he was like, ask Jermaine to pick a SEMRAB five-a-side team.
3: Five-a-side <laughs> <our> team? Pressure. <laughs> wow. So it'd be so I'll play like me, the King. John Terry, Leon Knight, and uh, Bobby Zamora. Bobby played as well, didn't
7: he? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Maybe Bobby Zamora. That's a proper team, that you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <That's sweet.
7: laughs>
3: Kings of East London. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, Simba, unbelievable man. Even even like I say to people, even when we were eight. I remember we used to wear, everyone used to wear, all the kids and that, they used to wear their, their little tracksuits. And we, used suits, we used to wear suits, we used to wear suits with a SIM wrap tie. You know what i You know about half time when everyone used to have the oranges, oranges mm. and oranges? We had bananas. Wow. We had bananas. We were different, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and uh, I remember Leon Knight's uh, dad, Bertie, Bertie was the manager. And the way we saw it at the time, like we were, we were like AC Milan. Like no one's beating us. We used to win every. We used to win everything. We used to win every, all the best players used to come to us. We used to win everything because we had to. That sort of pressure that our parents used to put on us, and we were eight, man. We was like proper professional training. I remember training. We was on it every day in training, and uh, yeah, I, I love those days, man. Those days, I love those days.
6: Yeah. So going into your Westies, obviously you forged a great relationship. With Mister Harry Redknapp, he's a manager that took you every everywhere. single way, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he took Jermaine, Crouchy, Nico. You know, there's that old running joke. <laughs> so, how was it like playing with Harry, and why was that relationship so special?
3: Oh, Harry, man, what a guy! Everywhere he used to go, he'd "Be like, oh, my phone will ring like that, It'd be a private number." Be like, here we go. <laughs> <Generally, it's laughs> <Harry>. literally, literally. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You, know, you see Harry, yeah. You know we speak about. Man managing Unbelievable People used to All the boys just be like If there's a problem Ah oh, JD Go and talk to your dad Like boy, Come on The banner Go and talk to your dad Listen, <laughs> He never he, Again Never complicate anything with me All he used to say to me Is go and score goals That's it Go and score goals Do what you do best Don't worry about anything else Just go and score goals Like because when you're doing it You're the best That's what he used to say to me These are, these are the things He used to say to me mm. So when I used to play All I wanted to do Is impress him I didn't want to let the manager down because this guy, remember, this guy, when I, was eight, when I was 15, he was sending scouts out. I didn't even know this until recently. When I was 15, he was sending scouts out and basically said, there's a young kid. He's a clone of Ian Wright. gun get him. He needs to be at West Ham. Because he'll be in this first. And then I remember I got to West Ham at 16 and I was like a sponge. Like, literally, there's no one that was more obsessed, even to this day, more obsessed with football than me. When I got to West Ham, I looked at, I looked at everyone around me and I thought, yeah, I'm I'm 16. I need to be in the first team. So, who's in front of me in the first team? It was like Paolo Onechot, Ian Wright at the time, Paolo DiCanio, uh, Paul Kitson. So, we've been doing finishing in training. I remember we'd done a finishing session one time. And then Harry, I remember I scored one in training. And then Harry turned around to so the first team play, I was 16 and said, That's how you finish. So, you can imagine, I'm sitting in the youth team dressing room, you know. So, I'm finishing training. I'm going home and said, Mom, if you hear what the manager said to me today, like, if I, like to, the, to the first team player. So, you can, so, all these things he used to do with me, Confident, like I was, like, building my confidence and that, and I felt more comfortable training with the first team. I was training the first. I was scoring goals in training, and I made my debut at seventeen. I scored on my debut at seventeen with my second touch, and then he just said to me, "You're not playing reserve football. You're, I'm sending you on loan to Bournemouth so you can come back and get his first team."
4: Crazy, mental, yeah. mental, and and you know what I wanted to ask you, Jermaine, is um not not including your brief loan spell, um, I think in twenty fourteen. You had obviously two spells with with, with Spurs uh, um, in two thousand four, two thousand eight, and then um, uh, with Ben Huddle, and then again uh, two thousand nine to two thousand fourteen with 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 Harry. Um, and you know what? What's really funny is that you're like your appearances and goals are almost identical. But, uh, it's, the it's the same. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's
3: the same. It no, to, that's mental. Yeah, it had to be because you know what it was. You see, when I, I always say to people like, like I was going up because remember when I was at so when I was at Portsmouth. Obviously, I went with Harry and I played in that unbelievable team with a Sol Campbell Distan, Glenn Johnson, you know, David James, uh, Kuli Montari, Milan Barosh, Lassana Diara. So, I said, yeah. be a part of that team. Harry left there and went to Tottenham. So, I just knew it was a matter of time anyway. When I came back to Tottenham, I was so excited in that. I was so excited. I just, I just said, you know what? It's that me coming home? The Tottenham fans, the club dentist, right, he phoned me when I was at Portsmouth. This was be, just before the, the transfer window opened and he put the phone. He, he, he said, JD, I'm at the game. He said, listen to this. And White Hart Lane was singing my name and I was a Portsmouth player. Wow. I remember my mom and I saw my mom. She was like, that's crazy. It's mental. That sort of love from fans. It's like mad. So when I, had, when I got the opportunity to go back, I just thought, you know what? I just want to go back and just do exactly what I did before or even better. And the second spell for me. Especially that 2010 season, that was the best football I've ever played. Okay. That's what I was gonna ask you. What was your favorite <laughs> spell
4: out of the two of them? But yeah, yeah. I imagine
3: the second one was was different, innit? it? Yeah, the, the second one was different than that because because if you can imagine going somewhere where you get that they appreciate you, the fans, and even times where there's times where sort of like if I hadn't scored for a few games, the fans were always singing my name. So it was just for me, it was the perfect environment. I loved it at the club. And it was just like, uh, like I said, when I got the chance to go back, man, I was just like, yes, yeah, just I said to my agent, just get the deal done. I want to go back.
6: Yeah, when you speak to Spurs fans, you know, you're well revered at the club. Yeah. Even i got a good friend that's a Spurs fan. He said, he's my favourite striker at the football club. I remember that famous game against Wigan when you scored five. I mean, the array of finishing, slapping it, <laughs> dinking over the keeper.
3: Yeah. Like, yeah, but you were slapping them in, Jermaine. So... <laughs> But you see that game, right? I say to people and I say to young players, like, you see all these things but all the all the stuff I did in training leading yeah. up to leading up to these moments. It weren't just, it weren't just like we spoke about before about still playing at 37 and that. So everything I did in in training, every, every time I've done finishing sessions, I don't, I'm, I'm one of those players that would do finishing. So, you know, if you get defenders doing a finishing session and the ball comes to them and they have one touch, they have another touch and they'll shoot. It's not realistic. You're going to, Come and finish your session. Do a finishing session. So it's realistic. So it's, so you, it's exactly how you're going to see it in a game, and that's what I was like. I used to stay behind training with uh, with Clive Allen, and then literally, Clive used to just get the balls, and he would just say to me, "Right, just react. Wherever I throw the ball, just react and finish." And that's what we did. I just loved it. I used to do it every single day. So all those when you see all the goals, especially that night against against Wigan, it's all stuff. It's all the stuff I did in training, and a lot of the, a lot of the goals you see them like um I think the the fourth when, I, when it sort of like come off the post, the fifth when I went across the goalkeeper <laughs> side netting. Yeah. It's like the second one again across the team side netting. So it's just like you get into those positions and you're just familiar with it and it's instinctive. Bang, you know exactly what to do.
6: Jermaine, so at Tottenham, you played with a plethora of strikers, you know, Adebayor, yeah. Pavlichenko, a lot of players. So which one would you say was the best to play with? I Probably Berbatov because just,
3: just how he would just... Just how good he was, you know, his touch, he's sort of like, I always felt like he was always, you know, on the wavelength sort of thing, because <laughs> where all I had to do, I need to be on it, because if my movement, if I'm on it and my movement's how it should be, my movement's good and that, I believe he will find me. And I always enjoy playing with Berbatov. I remember even with Berbatov and Keane that an unbelievable like, partnership. Um, but it was, just, it was a joy to play with and that, because he was unselfish as well. And he wishes to say to me, he used to look at me and say, make sure, JD, when I get him, make sure you move. And he would slide in, and I'll just finish, and and he was he was he was brilliant to play with. But you mentioned like obviously Pavlyuchenko, who was probably like a similar to me, like a number nine. You know, he Yeah. To, in box. Add, add yeah. about your like, like a, the, vo, the, the the vocal point of the team, where like um, I don't know, like a Berbatov was more like a ten. Would yes. Talk. Yes. It happen. Everything come up to him. He sticks. First touch is the best I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable. Um, was it the
4: same in training as well, Jermaine? Was he picking him out of the sky in training?
3: It didn't run in training, though. Uh, not, I don't know if, if you've really done Rio in that. Berber did not move in training. <laughs> he did not move in training, that. but in games, he was just like... He was He a was good player, man. Very good.
5: Yeah, I think I'm just going to you know, chime in with a listener question, because I think Dej actually asked the first part of this question, but this is from At Teske. And he was like, how does he think he would have... Fared in today's game Where the majority of teams Play a 4-3-3 Using wide forwards
3: Yes, yeah, it's, it's fine I've, I played, I've played, I played that at Sunderland for, for two seasons i scored 15 league goals Back to back Come on Yeah it's one of those ones Where <laughs> my Numbers <guy>. Numbers <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so it's like it's, 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 and, and it's one of those ones Where you think You know what It's, it's uh, If you're getting chances You're going to score I've always believed that i always said to the boys you know, Just Give me chance. And I, was, I always wanted to be that player that, that my teammates can look at And be like yeah, get JD one one chance and he will score. And it was and 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 with the two with the the teams that played the four three three and 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 two wingers just get in the box. You just you know I mean. You you have to you have to adapt you have to adapt your game sometimes. I mean, even I mentioned before we played with the two tens close to me. I played with I played I played up front on my own, isolated, and I've managed it. Um, but it'd be I mean it'd be it'd be fine. I watch the game. I watch uh, all different teams play. You watch you watch Liverpool the six season. Listen, you still, you still, you still get your goals. It's, it's, it'll be fine. You
4: Know what, Jermaine? I wanted to ask just on Sunderland, right? Because I remember, um, I think I was. It was an interview that I watched of yours when you were talking about um, scoring in that uh, time, time wear derby. Yeah.
7: Um,
4: and you were saying that like that goal was like what like your uh, one of if not your favourite goal, and it even brought you to tears. Yeah. And, and what was it about that goal? Like, why was that so special uh, out of all of the other goals that you scored? I know for the club, it was important yeah. because it, it sort of ended a, uh, an eight-game uh, um, streak where, 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 where the club didn't win. But yeah. for
3: you personally, why was that such an important goal? Because you know what it was? I think it was sort of like, when I went up there, that's what everyone talked about. That's all the boys spoke about. It's the Derby day, JD. It's the Derby day, blah 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 blah, against Newcastle. And I always knew that before, anyway. I knew the importance of the, of the game and stuff like that. And it's just, I remember get, being on, like, getting up in the morning, being excited and that. And it, it was a different feel. It felt like Cup Final day, where that you get, you come at the, the hotel, you go for a walk and that, and then you get on the bus and you got the police escort, the horse arrive at the stadium, game, even going up to the stadium and that. Everyone was on the streets. I see all the little kids and that. So I sat there, and thought, wow. This is so important to the fans. This day is so important to the fans. And I thought, you know what? I want to be the difference. Like, I want to be the difference. It was my real, my first real taste of it. But I want to be the difference. And I want people to be talking about me in years to come. And I don't know. I just had this, it's weird than that. I just had this feeling. I knew something was going to happen for me on that day. And then uh, getting to the ground and that. And literally, a lot of times you get to the stadium. And it was just like, uh, you see the fans coming in that day. Was like, was like all the fans were there early, they're all outside to come off the roar. So I thought, right, I just got you know when you get the goosebumps and that. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to go. I was fired up. And to be fair, even when you see the goal, even the, the reason why I hit it, I hit it first time on the volley, I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, <laughs> man, that first half and it was hot. I was probably because I was so excited about the game, that I was probably running that I didn't even need to be doing. And I remember the ball just dropping. That goal. Just, you know what? I'm just gonna hit it. And literally, as soon as it hit my foot, and it just, I thought, you know, one of those moments I thought, like, you're so grateful because it could have been anyone. Mm. Have been even anyone. your celebration, you didn't really yeah. know
5: what to do. It was me. <laughs> <about>
3: to... <laughs> and then I just felt this, and then the whistle went for half time. And then even just the roar, and I just started, like, I don't know, I just got emotional because mm. I was so happy. I just got emotional in that because these things, like you dream of these things when you're a kid. Do you know what I mean? For me, it wasn't even about like, Money, cars, how mm-hmm. I like, want to play football and score goals and just show people how good I am in front of a big crowd. My family were there. Like, it was it was just an amazing day.
6: No, that was a moment Like, we all remember it. And obviously, just harping back to um, Tottenham briefly, um, we've got a listener's question from Tapping Tobs from Tapping Football. He asks, why did he leave so damn early in that 13, 14 <laughs> He was still a solid striker and we needed him and Adebayor despite spending on Soldado. So how do you answer that, Jimmy?
3: Do you know that season, right? I remember, before I went to Toronto, that was, that, that season, I remember scoring a lot of goals in the Europa League. Um, and I felt sharp. I scored a lot of goals in the Europa League. I remember we went away to Villa in a cup. I scored two, two games. And it was, I felt stronger then than I probably did three years before that. Because how I managed my body, how I understood my body a lot more, what, what I needed in training... Um ABB was a manager before Tim Sherwood took over Yeah, and what happened was I had a deep conversation with the chairman because I never thought I was going to leave Tottenham but I had a deep conversation with the chairman and the money that Toronto offered the football club for my age was unbelievable mm-hmm. so at the end of the day sometimes- Typical Daniel Levy yeah, yeah sweet sometimes-
4: <laughs> <laughs> businessman yeah.
3: The business. As business. Soon as Daniel said to me about the money, I thought, I'm going. <laughs> 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 and to be fair, he said, he said "You know what, JD? He said, like you've been unbelievable here. He said you can always come back here. The fans love you. We love you here, blah blah blah. You've got nothing to prove." He said, "You know what? I feel like you deserve it. Um, going over there, like a, a new challenge. Uh, they gave me a four-year contract. So like for both parties, it was just like perfect at the time. But even when I left, it, really, I didn't really want to leave because I didn't because I, mm. I just thought I'd be there." So in my career, to be honest,
6: Jermaine, how is it like working with Daniel Levy? Because he's a polarized figure amongst Tottenham fans. You know, people call him and Enoch out, saying that they're not investing or they're not transparent. From your dealings with him, what would you say he's like? Because he's sort of like you know, mystique figure. You see him in the press box, you know, with his
3: glasses he looking like over that. the action. So, yeah. how is he? Daniel was cool. He's actually all right, you know, but that's what I'm saying about from the outside, how people look. Because mm. I think with me, because I was there such a long time, so I had, I had a good relationship with Daniel. Um, it, was, it was cool. Like, I mean, he lived around the corner from my house in London, so it was like, um, I mean, he was, he was cool with me, do you know what I mean? Because he knew what he was getting. At the end of the day, he knew for me, he knew I loved the fo- First and foremost, I love football. I love the football club. He wasn't one of those ones where, come to get the money then I'm just going to go do you know what I mean I was yeah. there a long time I had a relationship. he respected me and, and and it was but obviously I understand because I remember a lot of Spurs fans yeah, like yeah. things that they say and, um, and, they, and, and a few people said to me how come the players are always saying oh, Daniel's cool blah 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 but from the outside the Spurs fans are like yeah but he's he's, he's ruining the club he's not investing mm. I like, remember especially it should be a perfect time to be at a football club with a new stadium yeah. but they, they feel like they're going backwards instead of going forward do you know what I mean so it's like it's a difficult one but in terms of Daniel I mean as a person he's he's cool he's a businessman isn't he (laughs) (laughs) got to get that (laughs) he's a businessman he's not going to change and it's just I mean you've just got to see what happens in that but it would at some point you know I would love to see the football club you know invest in in, getting the best players and and I'd love to see you know you know see them going on and win win trophies it would be amazing
5: Moving on to your time at Bournemouth, Eddie Howe, you know, brought you in. Um, we've mm-hmm. recently spoke to Jordan Ibe and he said he just didn't work out for him at Bournemouth. And in my opinion, I don't think it really worked out for you personally. A
7: lot of
3: bad, yeah.
5: yeah. What do you think is going wrong at Bournemouth? Because they're in big trouble this
3: season. Yeah, in, but do you know what it was with me? When I went there, I just got back in the England, England squad. I was at Sunderland. Yeah. I went there on a free. I just got back in an England squad, so you can imagine. Like when Gareth Southgate phoned me, I thought, "Oh, like, in, like in my 30s Never thought this was going to happen. And then Gareth phoning basically said to me, "JD, when I look at the stats, you, Jamie Vardy, and Harry Kane are the highest English goal scorers, and it's been like that for a while because obviously we mentioned them, my, my fifteen goals back to back for Sunderland, but the stats and stuff like that." So he said, "How do you feel coming back in? You have got a chance of playing against Lithuania at Wembley, which which I obviously I did and I and I scored and everything." But so. I was going to Bournemouth on a high you know really looking forward to it going looking forward to being in a team that's got that's full of energy create a lot of chances mm. and literally within about honestly speaking the the, the first few months I thought you know what it's, it's strange and I just thought I don't I don't I, I don't know why um the manager wanted me here because I understand, obviously, they had uh, Joshua King, Callum Wilson, who the manager obviously loves, um, Lise Mousset. So I just thought to myself, like, no disrespect to anyone else. And at the same time, I I went into the football club thinking, you know what, it's good because at least I can try and help the younger players as well. But at the same time, I want to play football because I was used to playing football. At want to. I want to play football. I'm not going to sort of, like, be a mentor. I'll I'll do that side of it. I want to do that anyway to help people you know, Bennett was there and that. But for me, it just, it, I mean, it, it just didn't work out. I just, I just didn't, I never, I never felt a part of it once. And I felt like I was being told to do things in games I've never done before, which was really strange in that. Because, I mean, if you look, when I, when, if I sit there and look at all the managers I've played for and I have look at my record and stuff, I've scored goals everywhere. Mm. But for me... Mean- there's a feeling
6: outside, you know, Bournemouth corridors that it's a bit like an old boys' club. That Eddie Howe likes to play players that he knows, that he's brought players up through the leagues. Uh, to manage, you know, the superstars. Like again, you've hit the dizzy heights in football. Jordan I was coming from a big club. Would you agree with that?
3: Do you know what do you know what? It's one of the, you know what it is with me, yeah? You see, like with with um with, with Jordan, obviously, I was, I, was, I was there with Jordan and that. And there was times when I felt like he, he should have played, to be fair, like, because there was times in training he would be unplayable. So much potential, and I think, you know he deserves a chance. But for whatever reason, it never happened for him. And the same thing happened with me, where it got to... It got the, towards the, I felt like I was forced out, to be honest. Okay. Because towards the end, I remember sitting there, and I'm thinking, OK, then, if, if someone's playing in front of me, they are doing more scoring goals. No problem. No problem, because it was all about the team winning. But it got to, it got towards the end when I wasn't even getting on a pitch. But I'm talking about not getting on the pitch. Next game, not getting on the pitch, Bringing on younger players in front of me, not getting on a pitch. Different system. So, so playing a different system and not even there's one game we played, I think Joshua King up front, he played like um Brian Fraser as the ten.
5: Oh yeah. So
3: yeah, I thought to yeah. so, myself so so I thought, okay, then I know what's going on here. So I thought I was getting forced out for whatever reason, never caused a problem there, always tried to like we spoke about Being a mentor Trying to give something back And helping the younger players All this sort of stuff So for me I just felt like When I look at it now I just felt like you know what Maybe if I was With Eddie from the beginning He would appreciate me more Than The finished article If you like The finished article Jermaine felt actually Going to Bournemouth Where maybe he felt like mm. He couldn't coach me in that So Just I don't know it Just that's, that, that's, how it, that's how it felt But it was just It was It was really Really strange I didn't enjoy it at all
5: Well so Jermaine Are you saying that like Eddie probably struggles to build relationships because um, I listened to Matt Davis Adams on the Totally Football Show um, not too long ago and he was ben, saying ben
3: as well I listened to Glenn Johnson the other day yeah on yeah,
5: TalkSport mm-hmm. yeah, yeah in terms of like integrating new signings he doesn't really know how to
3: build trust with them at the end of the day like I mentioned before I spoke to you about Steven Gerrard managing me man managing me JD you don't need to come out and train today there's times where I've had problems that JD because he knows what I'm like I always want to I don't want to miss a training session <laughs> No, 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 no. We need, you, we need you. for Saturday. You're playing Saturday. Make sure you just make sure you're ready. Manage yourself. You come and t- he, the, Stevie says to me, JD, you come and tell me what you need, right? Harry Redknapp never complicate anything. JD goes because when you're doing it, there's no one better than you. Sam Allardyce used to look at me and be like, we used to be in meeting sometimes. We'll finish the meeting. He'd look at me in front of everyone and be like, if you don't score tomorrow, he used to put that pressure on me. But, but I used to, but I took it. I took it. I'd be like, because because the manager believes That I can score in every game. Don't complicate anything. Then all of a sudden you go somewhere and you feel like, do you know what? You don't really appreciate me. And I'm being I'm being asked to do things that I've never done before. Do you know what I mean? The training, how are you want to miss playing game. And it for me it was just it, it just it just it just did not work out for me. It did not work out for me. And a lot of people were asking a lot of questions, what happened? And I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really have. I didn't really have a relationship with Eddie, to be honest. Never wow. really. That's
6: what Jordan said as well. Like,
3: I didn't really. I, didn't really I think have. Never a, spoke to, uh, to Eddie. I so really had... have, like, a, like I didn't really have a relationship with him. But obviously, he didn't, to be fair, he didn't stand in my way when I obviously when when uh, obviously I came to Rangers. He didn't stand in my way because he couldn't because he said to me he didn't want to be that manager that sort of like that at sort of like back end of my career that, that's that's going to sort of like hold me back or spoil what I've done in the game sort of thing. And I thought, okay, cool, no problem. But um, I never, I never moaned. Like, the, I just, I just trained. I trained the same every day, even when I weren't playing. Those times he would stop the session and be like, you, like the younger players, that like, you need to train like this, this, like do you know what I mean, he's thirty plus, and like, like this and that. So, but but it was just, it was just weird. Never got, never really got the opportunity in that. Didn't feel appreciated, and 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 it just, it just never worked out. Mm. Do you
4: know what, um, Jermaine? You mentioned obviously. Uh, training with with Josh King, Callum Wilson, Jordan Ibe, and so on and so forth. The one player that I wanted to ask you about was uh, Nathan Ake. Now, obviously, before going to Bournemouth, he had a spell at Chelsea that didn't quite work out, and he's and he's been a, a pillar in in the heart of the defence for for Bournemouth. Um, and of course, he's caught in a lot of interest at, at the moment. Um, so I guess I wanted to ask you how, how like how how highly do you rate him, and do you feel like he could go? And, and walk into one of the top clubs
3: um, in, the, in the Premier League? I'd love, I'd love to see him at Tottenham. Because you know what? Of course <laughs> yeah, <thought> you would. <laughs> Tottenham because you know what? He's got so much potential. And uh, coming from Chelsea, obviously it was difficult to get in a the team there. Um, I mean, he went to Watford. And, uh, he, he, and then Bournemouth paid a big fee. It was about 20 million Bournemouth paid for him. So, so yeah, but someone that's... Uh, Technically, obviously Dutch players. That technically they're always good. Um, you know, scores a lot of goals from set pieces. Really brave. For some, not, I was really brave in a box and stuff like in both boxes, which is which is which is good. And uh and away from that, he's one of the nicest guys I've met in football. Like, is one of the nicest guys i met in football. He's one of those ones you let him. You you let him date your sister. One of those ones. Okay. <laughs> 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 he's, he's that nice and that, but like, um, but I can see him. I can, I can see him obviously Going to the next level I'd love to see him Go to the next level And uh, you know playing, playing at the top level You know Playing for Holland Trying to get in that team uh, You know Playing in the Champions League And stuff like that I feel, I feel, like, he's, I feel like he's Good enough for sure
6: Yeah so Jermaine um, Final form of What do you think Happens to them At the end of the season It's very very precarious They've conceded You know Five and four goals You know It doesn't look good oh.
7: Do
6: you think They're going to go down you know what it is right?
3: Um, I think sometimes you have to be not realistic in that, but I think if you look at the, you look at the fixtures and, and they've got they've got difficult games and and if you look at I know obviously the manager is coming out and he's he's saying the things that he has to say, he has to say and remember a lot of the a lot of the boys are still my friends and I speak to Junior Stanislas and that who's an unbelievable guy Charlie Daniels I still speak to a lot of the boys and that and to be fair they the lads deserve to play in the Premier League because they're a lot of them are top players. A lot of them are top players and that and it's really difficult to obviously see the team suffer like that. I'm not talking about the manager, I'm talking about the players who are my friends. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know it's, it's difficult, but I think when you look at the when you look at the fixtures and that they've got some tough games obviously they've got Tottenham next which is I know people can say you know Tottenham are not firing at the minute and that and the way they're playing and stuff like that, no intensity. But at the same time it's a difficult game. Um and I believe that uh if they do go down, it'd be difficult because you look at the the, the players that I've just mentioned, like the Callum Wilsons, who's, who's currently in the England squad, Joshua King, full international. So what's going to happen with these players? Are these players going to go to Nathan Akins and that? So you've got a situation where the players leave and then you have to rebuild to try and get yourself back up into the Premier League, which is, again, a difficult job because... Before, years ago, you can say about the championship in the Premier League, and the gap was so big. But now, I mean, when you look at the championship and look at the teams in the championship, like it's a competitive and it's a tough, tough division to actually get out of. Every game's difficult, a lot of games, two games a week and stuff like that. So it's not a good time for the football club at the minute. I know they're suffering. Um, it's a lot of pressure. I've been there at Sunday, it's a lot of pressure. And I mean, it's going to be hard. It, it'll be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. Now, just in the
4: interest of time, Jermaine, of course, there's a, a lot more questions that we want to ask, but we did promise that we would give um, some time for uh, listeners' questions. Uh, yes, but I'm going I'm to kick off with, with one, and and this is from uh, at Reggie Nelson underscore 10. He, he, he asks, growing up in the academy system, and particularly being from East London, do you feel like the academy... Uh, game places enough emphasis on education. If not, what more do you think can be done to pair education and full-time football? Well, then it, when it, when I say educate, mean no. though, um, he didn't really specify, but I assume he's talking about like um, you know uh, scholars and people that are coming through the academy, also like um, having time that
3: they they they're, they're dedicating to getting their GCSEs and... and it's important. I still, I, still, yeah, it's, I, I still feel like that's important and stuff like that. Maybe they can do more. I remember when I was in that situation, when I was 16, we used to go to college once a week, um, which is, was, was, was part of being a YTS at the time, uh, because it's something that you need, not only that as well, I feel like, again, when you're being, realistically, when you, when you think about a group of, of scholars or, or YTS that was called at the time, how many players are going to come through? What, Two? Two, or two players of each group's going to come through, and and, and and these are things that it's, it's always been like that. Because when you look at, because when I was at West Ham, and you look at who came through, and in, in Rio and Frank, Rio and Frank came through that year. Joe Cole, Michael Carrick came through. You know, then I came through, then Glenn Johnson came through. So it's always one or two players. Two at the. So then it's important for players. You know, the the, the other end, the players that fall out of the game, they have to they have to have something to fall back on. And I feel like if the club can set that out for them, it's so important. And even if it's like a sports science or or like a coaching thing, it's so important because at least then they can stay in the game. They want to be around the game, and that they might not make it as 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 as, as players, but at the same time, they're still in the game. They're still doing mm-hmm. something in the game, which is important.
5: Um, we've got another listener question, and this is from
3: RFC David
5: Seventeen Eighteen. Who would win in an arm wrestling round? You or Alfredo?
7: <laughs>
3: I'll, I'll win. Come on. I'm. Free.
7: <laughs>
5: uh, instead,
3: on the, instead of London, if I want to turn around. A- <laughs> no way. He's crazy. All my, cousins, my cousins watch this and my cousins are f- calling him off. <laughs> <No way. laughs> but what though? He's strong though. He, Alfredo, he's, 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 a, he's, a strong, he's a strong boy. He's very strong. There's another question from Anthony
6: Hay. If you could play with one of Greenwood or Rashford, who would
3: you choose and why? I play with both. Like I love Marcus Rashford because obviously I've 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 played with him with England, trained with him, and he's always impressed me. Unbelievable potential. You know he scores goals, quick feet, is quick. He can do everything. Greenwood, obviously, still young. And what he's shown already, I mean, like the the two goals that he scored the other day, I was like, mm. wow, that's that's special because the way he took the goals with no no backlift and mm. I, I love stuff like that, finishing from tight angle, calculated finishes. I love stuff like that, and he seems like one of those players. He don't need, he, all he needs is the one chance and he will score. He's quite ruthless and that and, and and I love that. And so I don't know. It's it's. I mean, I love to play. I love to play with both. It's a difficult question because they're both players that what I believe that will go on and, and, and become legends of that football club.
4: Um, next question is from at Mr. underscore John Doe. Um, Defoe, what are your honest thoughts on your England career? Is it strange be, being managed by an old teammate slash opponent in Stephen Gerrard?
3: My England career, you know what? Blessed. Like at the end of the day, I always said even if I play for England once, I'll be grateful. And to play for England that many times, score 20 goals, which a lot of players haven't done, um, you know, playing a major tournament, go to two tournaments, um, it was it was good. But obviously, I'm going to turn around and be like, and I'm probably not the only player that will say this. Um, there was times where I felt like I was really flying, I was playing some of the best football, but no, but I always knew, going away from England, I'm not going to play, I'll be on the bench, probably come on get a cap and stuff like that.
5: But why though? Because we and spoke thought, to Andy Cole and Les and they were like,
3: they don't understand why they haven't really got the love. Yeah, it's mad. But even with the Les one, Watch Euro 96. I remember watching Euro 96 and even watching it throughout the lockdown. And I remember some of the games in that where they were struggling for a goal. Um, and I thought, well, Les is on the bench in that. And you're bringing on other people and I'm thinking, Les was scoring goals consistently. Andy Cole, who was that goal machine, righty. When righty got, when righty got left out, Italian Knight, Ian Wright, my finishers One of the greatest finishers The Premier League's ever seen Right But left that Italian ninety. You know Do you know what I mean So it was like Graham Taylor calling me in the office And like, I'm not taking you to the World Cup What? Why? Do you know what I mean So when he won the Golden Boot So All these things and that it's, it, it was I just believed that You know what I were not going to be any different It happened to these players I wasn't going to be any different than that. But I believe those times Even um, So
6: Jermaine Let's call it out do you think there was institutional racism within the football association?
3: I, I think, uh, bro. I think, I think there's a lot of stuff going on because, because like I mentioned before, oh, we spoke off air about it, and even like I remember we played against. Um, so obviously, I've done my stuff for England. Done my stuff. I remember, Roy Hudson was the manager.
7: Yeah.
3: And then, uh, then he was sort of like bringing people through, like the Ricky Lambert's, and he's bringing everyone through, and it's almost like then as they're bringing people through, they just pushing sort of thing, like hold oh, on a minute. But I've been, I've been scoring goals. For years Consisting in the Premier League All of a sudden These players come along Like an And you just Push them through And you just just Push me to the side And that I'm just sitting there thinking Wow Like you know I mean Being treated like that and, that and I just thought Okay There's not much you can do And Because I always wanted to play for England So I didn't want to be one I didn't want to turn around And be like You know what I'm just going to retire In international football Because at the end of the day It's one of those ones Managers come and go yeah. Right Come and go So I thought I, I, I was sort of like Hoping at some point Maybe a new manager Will come in Because under Fabio Capello, he played me. He played me because he appreciated my movement and the goals and stuff like that. And I enjoyed playing under Fabio. Some players some players probably don't even like Fabio, but I enjoyed playing under Fabio because he, because, because he played me. But there was loads of times for England I felt like I should have played in that and I was just sort of like, I'm not going to play. Or I'd, I'd play, score goals, and then the next game, certain people come back from injury and stuff like that. You're not going to play, you're just going to be on the bench. You're playing more for your club, scoring goals, and then you go with England, not even get on the pitch. So it was, it, was, it, was, it was tough, man.
5: Okay, wow. So I think this is an interesting one, actually, because we spoke to Sylvain Distan, and he said he's almost disenfranchised with the game because there's no coaching opportunities. So this question is from At Spurs Views. What's your plans post-playing, Jermaine? Would management or punditry inter- interest you? Club ambassador, perhaps?
3: I'm doing all three. The thing, the pundit stuff. One of my pals from Sky, Adam, legend, love him. So I've done a lot of the pundit stuff and stuff like that. So um, I'll probably I'll do a little a bit of pundit stuff. So I love talking about football and I know the game. I'm going to do my badges. I'm going to I'm going to, I'm going to do my badges because at the end of the day, I'm not going to let anyone stand in my way. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to think. Do you know what? I'm not because I don't believe I'm going to get, get an opportunity. I'm just going to get it done and see where it takes me. But when I look at the lack of black managers and coaches. And I'm, I'm not I'm not just talking about black managers and black coaches. I'm talking about black people in general in football, in a football environment. Because mm-hmm. hold on a minute, at a football club, you've got you got a manager, you got you've got assistant manager, you've got coaches, you got physio, you got masseurs, masseuses, yeah.
7: you've
3: got people that work do the admin, the football club. So when 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 you when you when you look at the lack of black people in football clubs and that, of course you, you think, wow. Like, at some point, something has to change. this so Distan, I watched his interview, and when he's talking, I think, right, it's bad, because everything you're saying, I thought the same thing.
7: Wow.
3: I thought the same, I've, I've, I thought the same thing. I thought, what's the point, at times I thought, what's the point with doing my badges, when I'm gonna waste my time doing my badges, then I try and get a job, like Sol Campbell, and like Dwight York, when Dwight, the legend Dwight York, CV unbelievable, what he's achieved in a game, right? When he wanted to try and get the job at Aston Villa, in fact, trying to get interview at Aston Villa, and it was just and they just just bust him to now we don't want you, you go and get experience. What do you mean go and get experience? How? Mm-hmm. Alex Ferguson, <laughs> Sir Alex Ferguson calling up Aston Villa to try and give him the through ball. And even Sir Alex Ferguson, they didn't want they just didn't want to know this is Dwight York. So when I when I when I see and hear things like this, I've called you like wow. But then you just told you know what I'm I'm gonna do my badges and then, and see where it takes me in that because I believe, especially a lot, of, a lot of clubs that I play for and the relationship that I've still got with the people there and stuff like that, I would love to think at some point when I'm ready, I'll get an opportunity somewhere um, and sort of like, and I can, and basically as a manager or, or as a coach, do your stuff.
6: Well, so Jermaine, do you believe that this, you know, moment in time with the Black Lives Matter movement, do you think this is going to spark some serious change or lip service?
3: I think a lot of stuff is lip service. <laughs> It's a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of stuff's been lip service mm. over the years All the campaigns and stuff like that Beginning of the season You do the, the team picture <clears throat> Team pictures over the years like, Do you know what I mean? And you hold the kick it out And all that mm. sort of stuff and then, and then what? Do you know what I mean? A lot of it's been lip service because, because if that wasn't the case Then a lot of stuff that's been going A lot of stuff that's still going on now will what happened? You know, you go, you play Like the, the boys I see the boys playing with England And that stuff like that And, and, I'm, and they're, they're subjected to all this racism and then what happens? These, these countries and that, or clubs or whatever, they get a little slap on the wrist. Don't do that again. And then they get a little slap on the wrist. The, the punishment has to be severe. Do you know what I mean? This is like it, I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing things now. And I'm speaking to my family members and I'm speaking to my mum, all the stuff that's gone on and that. And so my mum's like, it's like the 60s again. I'm like, mum, really? mum said to me, it's like the 60s. That's how it feels at the minute. And I'm like, this is 2020. 2020. And so my mum's telling me it feels like the 60s again. So it's... So if anything well, So we've, as, as a society We've just gone backwards Do you know what I mean It's, it's, it's hard man It's, it's not, it's not nice and that And, and it, at the end of the day I would like to think At some point With this Black Lives Matter movement At some stage Sooner rather than later Things, things have got to change
6: uh, Well said Jermaine And I just wanted to ask A personal question About the England fold You know We're all getting excited We've got You know Marvellous talents Greenwood Folden Sterling's still there Rashford I'm you know, still a bit worried about the defence because I think it needs some tweaking. But as a proud Englishman, do you think England will win
3: like a major trophy in the next four to eight years? I'd love to think so. When you look at the attacking options that we've got, it's amazing. I was chatting to Mick about it today. And Mick, me, Mick, we were saying about like when you look at the, the Sancho, Sterling, Rashford and Harry Kane. And you think just... So genomic you know Mick was saying that? He'll play, he play all of them. Get your best players on the pitch. Even if you play Harry Deepart, play Rashford, and they play the two, Sterling and... Like, get the best players on the pitch. And then, um, obviously speaking to Mick and that, and, you, and, and it's one of those ones, you need the right balance. Because at the end of the day, you can't score, you can't concede five and then score six. Do you know what I mean? So it's... it's um, I would like to... What they showed me in the, in the, in the World Cup, though, was, was was good. To get to a semi-final of a World Cup was... was in terms of confidence, it was good. Um, and... I mean, especially in tournaments as well. You need a little bit of luck and stuff like that. You need to go off to a good start. Um, and I'd love, to, I'd love to see that. It'll be nice. I'd love to see the boys win something, man. Because can you imagine? England, if we won a major tournament, it'd be, part, it'd be unbelievable. It'd be unbelievable, man. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd
5: be nice. Last question from me, Jermaine. And this is from RFCNC72. How does it feel to be so idolised by the
3: Rangers supporters? It's you know what? It's mad because obviously I've always known how big Rangers is, how big the football club, all the great players that have played for this football club. So I said to someone, I said, you know what? It's mad because all I wanted to do is come here and make an impact and show people how good I am. And all they say to me is they say, you know what? We wish you came years ago. Like they appreciate you. And because they know that I... I, I I, like I appreciate the opportunity coming to a football club like this the back end of my career and they know I love scoring goals I give everything every game um, I know the importance of every game I know the importance of wearing that badge you know and the, the, the fans up here the passion is like on another level um, and I love that and it, it's it's a special feeling because I mean it's not it, it's not an it's not an easy place to play because the demands they, they demand that you play well like if you're winning 1-0 at half time you go in and think you're going to get cheered. no it's not Come on, do you know what I mean? Like, you need to win with style sort of thing, playing for Rangers. Um, and, and that's why it's such a massive season for us. But it's a, it is a, it's a nice feeling to, to be appreciated, especially so soon. they so have not been there that long, really. Um, it's, it's, it's special.
6: Yeah, and one of my friends personally asked about Mason Greenwood. Do you believe that this boy is the truth? You know, is he a generational talent? Because, yeah. you know, some of his finishing is reminiscent of you. You know, left foot, right foot.
3: Ding, slapping it, side yeah. nettings. Yeah, it's calculated finishing, and that's what I love. I, I, when it, people talk, when people, like sometimes people say, to me, oh, JD, you see that goal and that overhead kicks and that. But I said, you see with an overhead kick, it's overhead kick, but it goes anywhere. Do you understand? But yeah. jumping, a lot of times you can't, really, you, don't, you can't really master overhead. When you do that, it's like, so those sort of goals. But when I'm seeing Greenwood and I'm seeing that like, he finishes and that like, people, he's in a box and that, and you think sometimes you can't go past the different, I always say to people, Wait for the defender to... They have to block a shot, which means the goalkeeper's unsighted. Go, goalkeeper can't see. A lot of the times, they have to try and block the shot. Their legs are open. Go between their legs. The goalkeepers can't react. Also, so I'm seeing all these little things that he's doing. In He's doing, moving the ball, hitting it quick, no backlift across the goalkeeper, both feet, clean strikes, always hits the target. You know, his movement, because the first goal the other day against Bournemouth, for me, I'm not just looking at the finish. I'm looking at the movement to get that step forward. And you see the defender, Alan Smith, when he As soon as he steps in that and he just backs off, he's got the little, the little yard that you need to get your shot off. If he didn't do that movement, then he would have to face him and beat him. But the fact that he'd done that opposite movement and he got the, and he got the touch and the finish, I love stuff like that. that. That one thing he showed me that, yeah, he's got it.
5: Ah, oh, Jermaine, pick up yourself, brother, man. You're a, oh, yes, a yeah, legend no,
6: Legend, we don't want to take too much more yeah, of your man. time yeah, come on, But we definitely have to do a part 2 When this corona is blown over we do. Then we, then do. we come <laughs> up to Rangers, Scotland
3: Because <laughs> you're going to be still bagging up goals man. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you should come up You should come yeah. up to a game and I come to training ground the manager, so Stevie, he would love it
4: oh.
5: Yeah, 100% We, would do one. Yeah, we, yeah, we want to get G. him for the
3: 100th episode <laughs> 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 It's funny he, he's, he's funny in that But like um Even sometimes in training He joins in some of the possessions And that Still got it Still, still doesn't lose the ball in it No it's a JV I still got it, still
4: got it. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy No 100% percent we, we we got to do this again um Jermaine man It's, it's impossible to talk about Your whole career in, in an hour and a bit man It's
3: You know but Even like It's difficult isn't it Because that's Even like That's what I do really Even with my cousins like, We just sit there And talk about football Even some of the young lads are, I was telling them some stories today about certain players I played with and they're like, ah, oh, JD, I can listen to your story. Because I said to him about when I played with, I didn't mention that Paolo Di Canio, who was massive for me mm-hmm. um, at the time when I was at West Ham. Righty was big because Righty, what we used to do, I used to do finishing with Righty, And he used, to, he, used to, he used to say to me, JD, you see your timing? Because I was so I was just eager. I just wanted to get in the box and that. He said, no, nah, it's all about timing. So he used, to, he used to hold my shirt. He used to hold me like this. The wall go white. He used to hold me like, like this. And then he would push me. Like, go now timing on crosses and stuff like that. And all these little things that you do as a kid. I remember, I was 17, 16, 17. I still do that now. And, and, and I mentioned with, uh, with the Paolo Di Canio one, one of the most professional players that I've ever seen. Like never took a day off, was always in a gym, was always doing extra compared to all the other players and was always the best player on a pitch on a Saturday. Like it was unbelievable. And, it went, and mm-hmm. you know what? I remember Paolo, especially with me, he was sort of like, it was always approachable. So I can always go up to him and just chat to him. I was in the Houston dressing room Training were finished finish, i and just, just sit next to Paolo and just chat to him. And he just have a laugh at me, he'd talk, have a joke and that. Like, he was crazy. But he always used to sort of like, um, and I remember my first Premier League goal against Ipswich, right? So, I don't know, he got an injury, so he was coming off. And, uh, you know, normally that, so he was coming off, so he, he, t- he took the, the armband off and he gave it to me. But like, I thought, he's going to give it to me, to give to like a Trevor Sinclair or Carrick and Cole. yeah, yeah Professionals, I went like that and, and he, put, he put it on me. Like, he put it on me and I keep, Went on and I scored It was, um, it was like The fact that he done that To a kid do you know I mean Like it was mm. forget stuff like that
6: Nice touch Nice
3: touch nice 100% touch.
4: man yeah, You man. never forget them things man
3: Oh but that's why That's, that's why I've always got time For the, young, the younger players No Big yourself, to yourself I to one of the younger players yesterday And I said to him Like you've got You've got a lot You've got to keep training hard blah, blah 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 I just said to him You know what If you ever want to just Chat to me about anything I said just come like football, blah blah blah. If sometimes, if you're upset about something, something, don't let the coaches see it. Come and talk to me, blah blah. Because blah. I've been there. Understand what you're going through. Sometimes, mm-hmm. when I was younger, and it's when I was when you're young, and there was times where I'd be training with the first team, but then the under seventeens want me. They they need me for one of the games because they're trying to win under 70s cup, and I'm thinking, hold on, i minute, in there. I don't want to be playing for under 70s I want to be in the first team, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean not that arrogance? It's just confidence. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just, you just got to do it. Get on with it. Just get it done. Don't give people the opportunities, to be like, hold on a minute. Who do you think he is? Do you know what I mean, he ain't done nothing yet. Ah, try and get your head down. Do what you gotta do. And make sure that you 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 don't waste a day, and that's and, and that's it. So so that's it, man.
6: Jermaine, so I mean, how you know, many more years do
3: you see yourself playing for 37 years? Young. Do you know what I thought I, thought, I thought, do you know what? Even like um, we did like a, a game yesterday. And I come off it, and I thought, John, you know I still feel sharp, man. They're like, I feel sharp. <laughs> and I How many did you pack in training? Up. Yeah, this i was Seven. <laughs> 37. I always wind the boys up. I'm like, what? I said, lads, I'm 37 and that. i was the best trainer today. I got mad today. Like, I'm 37. What's going on? So, like, winding them up and that. But no, I, still feel, I still feel, I still feel, I still feel like I'm able to do a lot of the things I was doing say three, four years ago. Hmm. So you get little niggles here and there, like Achilles and stuff like that. But, but. Right. And so, like, I mean, I still, I still, I still feel, I still feel, for me, the main thing is, is the sharpness, do you know what I mean, because you know mm. sometimes, especially if you come back from injury, and you're not on it, you don't feel sharp, you get your shots off and stuff like that, but for me, when I'm still sharp in and around the box, that's the most important thing, because the fitness thing, I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is, you age, so you're not going to be like, as fit as you was before, mm. but you fitness in games, but I always think that if I'm sharp, I still can get my shots off and I'm still, I'll be still able, i still, still manage to get my goals in there, and that's, and that's important, and that's and and that's good for the team. What I mean, so, so yeah, man. Hundred
4: percent, man. Hundred percent. So, um, of course, again, man, uh, Jermaine, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you very much for taking out the time to to just have this conversation with us, man. It was
7: yeah,
4: it, it, uh, I know all the listeners and the viewers um, have enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Uh, before we sign off, though, um, we just want to uh, let you guys know that Jermaine has. Um, very, very um, kindly agreed to um, uh, donate uh, uh, a signed shirt or uh, uh, a pair of boots, whatever one we're, we're gonna we're gonna go with, uh, to a lucky winner. Now, the, the 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 grounds for this is that this video needs to get a thousand likes on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe channel. It's the Beautiful Game Podcast. Make sure you share it amongst your friends, family members, uh, work colleagues, your group chats, and all the rest of it. Subscribe, like the video, leave a comment, and we're going to be picking someone at random who is going to get some signed memorabilia from Jermaine Defoe. Yes. The best comment, the best comment
3: on the video. There. Come What's again. There, I said I've actually got the boots there waiting, so whoever... whoever <laughs> what boots are the they? Boots nice, New waiting. Balance,
6: Pumas, <laughs> what are they?
3: So you. Nick!
6: Live, so live on air. Uh, yeah, cool, cool. Cool. <laughs> this wouldn't this. be the same without Jeez. you. Ooh,
3: nice boots. These are the new Xs Adidas. And what what what's so good about it is, see all my boots. They sent Adidas. They sent me. said they sent me this with a with a JD nine on it. Nice. You see nice. with England flag. Yeah, nice. What, wow.
6: What's
3: I'll normally wear six point seven five. You know. Wow. Okay. But these ones, yeah, these ones are seven. But I normally wear like a six point seven five or a seven. Small feet, so you can slap the ball. Yeah. Ball. The ball. <laughs>
4: <laughs> there, there, you have it. You heard it from the man himself. So make sure you um you you're in you're in with a chance to win. Like I said, we're gonna pick someone at random. So you've seen it. We're not we're not we're not lying to you. You saw it live and direct. It's it's like there for you. Um. So get you get get in with a chance to win. Also, before we sign off, just a reminder as well. On Twitter, it's at podcast underscore TBG. On Instagram, it's at pod underscore TBG. Um, And you can also listen to our um, uh, episodes on Spotify as well as um, SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts as well. And if you're listening on on Apple Podcasts, please make sure you leave a five-star review. Until the next episode, people, over and out. Peace.
2: With every monthly bill, like rent and car payments, you know exactly what you're getting when you pay for it. But health insurance plans feel like the total opposite. They're confusing and expensive. Then when you actually have to use your benefits, there are deductibles, claims, processes, and other red tape to deal with. But CrowdHealth puts you back in control of your health care. CrowdHealth is simple, transparent, and affordable. As a member, you'll get a personal care advocate who is with you every step of the way to help navigate the complexities of health events. They'll even negotiate bills on your behalf and could save you thousands of dollars in the process. Plus, you'll get access to thousands of other members who are ready to help pay for large health expenses. Experience healthcare freedom with CrowdHealth. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. That's joincrowdhealth.com, code HEALTH. Health is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for health care. Terms and conditions may apply.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, hello?